<laughs> we don't have any music today. Oh, Jake we don't. is on vacation, so. Blink. Ba da ba ba ba, corridor. Oh, that's beautiful. Actually. Actually. That's copyright. That's yeah. I, oh, dang it! This whole video is now freaking with the <laughs> copies of rights. I want everyone. I want to open here by asking you guys if I look like the most chill beach dude of all time. Uh, I got a surf shirt. Got some hmm. some Crocs on. You're selling us on it, but I'm gonna go with a hard no. I think Fender looks more no? beach right now. Oh man. Oh son. Hard no. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got gel in your hair. That's what I was gonna I say. Don't have I was gel gonna... in my hair. I got. Grease, salt, and <laughs> I got, yeah, the natural. I got grease. salt water because Ren and I were at the beach. We're oh, at the beach this morning. I, yeah. Should we introduce who we are real quick for all of our audio listeners? Yeah, I'm I'm Ren. <laughs> I'm Jordan. I'm Fenner, and I'm Dean. So that's who we are. Yay! <laughs> so the beach, am I right? Yeah, let's talk about the beach. Huh? There's water, <laughs> <laughs> and there's cool guys like Dean. <laughs> well, and Fenner was at the beach. You said you were I surfing this morning. I was. We almost. Wait, what? We yeah, almost. I was like. I, I must have been like. A few blocks away from you guys. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, wait. I was, just, up, I was just south of you guys. <laughs> you were at the beach this morning when we were. Yeah, different beach though, but just south of you guys. Like, okay, yeah, I could have. We, we were straight up at Santa Monica, like we were just south of the the pier, Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. And for context, we were getting a shot for this caustics video that Red yeah. is working on. But I thought, how funny, because I there's. This shot, I'm holding a boom pole with a scuba mask on, <laughs> as Ren's coming out of the water. How funny it would have been if it was Fenner on a surfboard with <laughs> with the boom pole following you in. So you're oh running in. I'm just running through just, the water. And he's surfing with you. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I feel like we can't say that without also giving context onto this video that we're doing. Um, so, sorry, what? Oh, yeah, oh, I guess uh, it's out. out now. Hey, go check it out on uh, quarterdigital.com or on YouTube if that's where you're at. It's That'll tell you all you need to know. And hopefully it's done by then. <laughs> yes, hopefully. No promises. As of right now, it's not done. This video is a very, very unique one, even for me, because it's like, it's got all of the same sort of things I've done in a scale video before, but also none of them. Hmm. It's a weird, weird sort of paradox. It's a hybrid. You're kind of going more off script on this one. It's a little bit, yeah. So I've, I've been struggling with writing in general in my life the last like year, half year. Started with the Solar World video. That kind of broke my life a little bit but um uh, yeah my this this caustics video was my attempt to like okay come up with a new format that's essentially like that without the actual script and so we kind of just like uh outlined it kind of made all these different moments made it like sort of a beat list we even like wrote them out on flashcards and like reassembled them to kind of get the the structure of the video put together because this video is about something that is so like niche so esoteric like not a single person I've started describing this video to understood what I meant when I said it's about caustic. So like, uh, what? Even my parents. I spent like 10 minutes describing uh, the caustics video to them last night. Uh-huh. Yeah, last night. And it wasn't until I literally showed them a render of a of a crystal prism and like the dispersion on the ground that they're like, oh, that's what you meant. And I was like, I literally already defined it and everything for you guys. So it's like. It, not that that's a bad thing. It's just it reinforces that this is like such a randomly like specific thing. It's something you just get used to seeing, isn't it? You just we see caustics all the time. We just don't think about them. Exactly. That's unless you're line in the video. yeah. Unless you're <laughs> unless you're literally trying to render caustics. The video yeah, is right? kind. You working on this is kind of broken my brain because now I'm seeing them everywhere. The other morning I woke up <laughs> and through like the peephole on my door, it was casting like this <gasps> rainbow circle on the wall, oh, and I was like, so I had cool. never noticed it until you'd started this video. I uh, um to reinforce again 
the point I'm making, I should probably also define caustics a little bit more clearly. It's like the patterns of light you get on the other side of glass or water, you know, like the little patterns you see at the bottom of pools and stuff like yeah. that. Or if you just take like a, a prism or any sort of like jewelry, like the cool, like little patterns of light you get passing through it. If you if you see light passing through a window and landing on your wall, there's probably some sort of pattern to it. It's probably a square pattern. That's technically a caustic. Hmm. And rendering that is one of the hardest things because of how rendering works. It essentially just takes a very, very, very long time to render it. And part of what got me going on this video was a new Octane render kernel, a new type of rendering that they released. Um, they announced it like last December, I think, but it just came out as a Cinema 4D plugin like in the last month. And it does caustic rendering a thousand times faster than ever before. And so suddenly I'm, it's like the fact that we're able to do this so quickly now, it's well, just a little bit more achievable. So quickly. So like, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Some of your render times like insane. Like, and because you need crazy samples, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and that's exactly, it's like caustics, no one ever really does caustics because it just takes too long to render. We're talking like years. Like real caustics. Real caustics, yeah. yeah. And so another chunk of this video is talking about fake caustics. If you're to literally search how to render caustics on YouTube right now, every single result on the top 50 are all going to be doing faked caustics, usually with like some sort of gobo style thing, like blocking the light in an interesting pattern. Others will do it with like a, a photon mapping type thing. It's a biased type of rendering. It's not exactly spectrally correct. It's not real. Uh, they're all like kind of faked versions to accelerate that rendering like speed. So now with the new rendering kernel, how long does it take to get a noise free uh, so, caustic? So, so I've I've been doing these renders for the last two weeks now. And just I always have my home computer going and my work computer going at all times, pretty much. And I've kicked out almost two dozen renders. And on some scenes, it actually renders pretty quickly. What I've found is that you have to have very simple geometry for the caustics to be hitting. So all of the renders with like the wood that I had yeah. with like the nice bump mapping and, and like the normal maps and the roughness maps, it's taken a long time to render that out to get it to be noiseless. Hmm. How unbiased rendering works is that it starts super noisy and as it samples each pixel longer and longer, that pixel becomes more and more accurate. And what we end up seeing is that the renders get less and less noisy. So anytime you see a render that's like noisy, they just didn't have enough time to render it. Yeah. We've been there a lot. And that's where like denoising comes in. You can denoise your renders, but the built-in denoising doesn't work on the new caustic stuff yet. Mm. I've not been able to use that. So to, in order to get it to render noiseless, you have to let it go longer. And on that one shot, it took 100 hours to render a 200 frame sequence. <laughs> that's crazy. It's like, it's like six and a half or seven seconds. And that's the with render. the new photon and tracer. And that's with the new photon tracer. In fact, in the footage uh, that I provided... Uh, I pull out my phone. I'm like, hey, Siri, how long is uh, 100 hours, 100,000 hours? Because if it's 1,000 times faster, presumably it'd take 100,000 hours, right? Oh, interesting. How presumably, long? but it's not exactly how it works. Uh, and that's like 11 years. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but For so seven still, seconds. Like, so we've been working on this video. I, I was like, okay, I have to understand how rendering works at a level to understand how like why is caustics hard yeah and you spoke with uh jules the head of otoy yeah. for the video and he had a very nice explanation of the photon tracer and octane 
after like an entire day of like reading, like even to the point of reading like research papers and stuff, like, oh my God, how, how do I understand this? I understand it less now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I can relate. I spent quite a bit of time researching this stuff. And then I'm like, all right, I feel like I'm getting a grasp on it. And then someone will ask me about it. And I'll be like, I dip, uh, uh, uh. Uh, yeah, like the light bounces off the wall. Transport. It goes from the light and into the. Uh, man, I guess I don't know anything about this. Dang it. Because I <laughs> is photon. This is about to get super like esoteric. But like, is photon mapping ray tracing or is it like? Yeah, kind. Of. So ray tracing is an unbiased. Sorry, ray tracing is a biased artifact that you can put into biased renders. Path tracing is unbiased. Right. And I can never remember whether or not the ray is shooting from the camera, bouncing around a scene and then hitting a light source, or if it starts at the light source, bounces around the scene and hits the, the camera. I think that one might be ray tracing. I could be wrong. I think the primary rays come from the camera first. See, that's really? what I think. And yeah, the yeah. secondary come from the lights. But someone's going to kill me in the comments for that. I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% I sure. I thought ray tracing is like one ray. And path tracing is like multiple rays before bounce. Well, they're all they're, exactly. See, like I have literally read multiple articles on the distinction between ray tracing and path tracing, and I still am unable to articulate the difference. Which just tells you how smart these people <laughs> yes. are who design these uh, render engines. Because again, Jules was explaining like, oh well, so you know we tweak uh, progressive photon mapping and all these different things in these ways so that you can have caustics a thousand times faster. And he's like, it's not quite this. It's a little bit more of that. And because, yeah, if you just have a the most base level understanding of rendering, you're like, it's easy. You know, you shoot a ray out and it bounces around. But yeah, it's just, it's so... He did have a pretty good explanation for why caustics are hard to render, though. So yeah. like with, a, he used this water bucket example. Essentially, if imagine like a bucket... Filling up with water is your render mm -hmm. rendering. Mm -hmm. And for a, like a normal scene, you take like a hose and you're just filling it with water. If it's like a really complex scene, you got a lot of geometry, a lot of different complex textures. Maybe like you're a little bit further away and you're having to like kind of put your thumb on the 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 hose to kind of get more of the water to go further and into the bucket. Rendering caustics is like standing 10 feet away from the bucket and putting the nozzle into mist mode. <laughs> And trying to fill the, oh yeah. my god. And like, all right, now I'm going to be rendering by filling the bucket with water 10 feet away by shooting mist that direction. That's and 11 years later, analogy. you have your full bucket. Yeah. <laughs> 11 years later, you're wow. like, have drained LA of its water supply. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but your That's bucket a, is full. Yeah, and, it's wow. and it has to do with like, for unbiased rendering to work, there's just there's just an infinite number of rays to sample for the complexity of light being refracted. And so the likelihood, the chances of you finding the correct ray is so low. It's like brute forcing hacking a, a, a password. Mm. It's like imagine you, you need to hack a, someone's account and you're just guessing their password over and over again. That's like mm. that's kind of how traditionally speaking rendering caustics is. Hey everyone, uh, as you can see, I've come to the fair and fertile lands of Minnesota 
to get some B-roll for my next video project. And uh, well, on the way here, I was told that that's not necessary to do because uh, courtesy of today's sponsor, Storyblocks, there's a place where you can have all of your stock asset needs met because they have a virtually unlimited library of high quality 4K, B-roll, images, audio assets, motion graphics, After Effects templates, and more. And coming out to a farm to get your own B-roll, it's actually not necessary at all. Between the um, car rental and the plane ticket, and of course the lodging while I'm up here, um, things are kind of expensive. Probably more expensive than a unlimited all-access subscription to Storyblocks, which allows you to download as much as you want, whenever you want, and use it in anything royalty-free. Didn't think of that uh, on my way up here. That not only would I have to visit a farm, uh, to get some B-roll for my video, but also I'd have to visit the Arctic Tundra and a couple other places in Europe. If I had an unlimited all-access plan on Storyblocks, I wouldn't have to do any of this. So, um, yeah. So anyways, if you are interested in getting Storyblocks for yourself, click the link in the description below, or head on over to storyblocks.com slash quartercast. See what they got on there for yourself, and you don't have to travel out to some place like this and uh, just to get some shots of chickens. Yeah. Anyways, let's get back to the podcast. Wow. You just keep guessing the password until you eventually hit it. Jeez. Now, how photon tracing, the new render kernel, is different? Uh, I don't know how to articulate it. Again, it's like, it's just a thousand times faster while still being unbiased. It's like encouraged. But he, uh, Jules said that like, it's, they're still not caching anything. Uh, they're still not doing anything that is technically biased. Like with a biased render engine, say like Mental Ray, mm -hmm. you can turn off global illumination. You could turn off soft shadows or shadows, period. You can turn off like all these different things, but in an unbiased render situation, it's all just physically simulated as if it's real. And you can't yeah. just turn off global illumination or stuff like that. Interesting. We're now at a point where you can take that further and you can disable certain things to not show up. But those are like hacks on top of the unbiased rendering so to get it to be good in a workflow environment so Sorry, fake caustics yeah. fake caustics those are biased results no is that how they're generated? okay so fake fake caustics are essentially just using a gobo uh and a gobo is essentially just a pattern that blocks light so like a, a hand puppet shadow hand shadow puppet uh-huh <laughs> is a gobo yeah or like taking uh some some plants like some ferns and putting it in front of the light and that that you get that dappled lighting on a on a on someone yeah that is a gobo and a caustic is essentially or a fake caustic is essentially the same thing you just you substitute out the the texture image of a fern and you put in caustics but it's doing that through an object so yes. like and so that is the way it's doing that is as if it's any other light source imagine like having an a, a super big led panel but you have a black and white image of a caustic on that panel. Light is only going to come from the the patterns of light, or or light's only going to show up from where the, it's not being blocked by the. This is a bad description. <laughs> it's so it's so hard to describe. No, 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 it's, totally, it's interesting. It, yeah, it, it's like the the difference there between the real and the fake one because you can get pretty like if it's just the bottom of a pool, you can get a pretty consistent or uh, interesting result from that. Um, but like the actual light going through the ripples in the pool is light being bent. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like the, the fringes of that light will have different colors because it's mm -hmm. like bending the spectrum of light and stuff like that. And that's, that's if you really just use a gobo, it's just a cutout. It's just like yeah. a, a shape. 
you know. Yeah. But the advantage is that by doing it fake like that, it's very cheap to render. So it's very quick to render. Mm. And so uh, the basically this video kind of starts out with me pointing out the shot from Prehistoric Planet, which all the VFX in that show are pretty excellent. So yeah. good. I gotta yeah. say. It's so uh, good. One really guy good. reached out to me who worked on the shot that I had shared on Twitter. Oh, Whoa. dude. He was like, oh, we spent two years on that. Be nice about the ice episode. I think it's like oh, nice things good. to say. It's, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Oh, dude, no spoilers. I'm about to get to the ice. Oh, are you? Tonight. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Nice. Spoiler alert. Um, cool. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> oh, they all die. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I asked some follow up questions. I was like, did you do this with like fake gobos? Like, how did you do the, the stuff? And he was like, oh, hit me up on Discord. And I was like, well, that's the end of that conversation. I'm not going to hit him up on Discord. <laughs> oh, why is that? I, I have a thing. Oh, about Discord? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's it's my work thing. Mm. I don't want it to be my social media thing. So it's it's. It's a bit of a thing. It, 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 yeah. That's fair. Fair enough. I don't yeah. want to go into it. It's, it's a yeah, weird thing. That's fair. Same reason why uh, I have like a thousand friend requests on Facebook. What's Facebook? When is the last time you went on Facebook? <laughs> I don't, yeah. I've given up. I stopped 100%. using Facebook for about two years. You're back. I'm back. Oh, he's oh, back. Only because I needed to join a couple one wheel related Facebook forums. Okay. I'm glad groups. you said one wheel. <laughs> it's the only reason why I'm back. I'm. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it too much publicly let, yet, but it has to do with one wheels that are not made by anyway. Oh. Um, oh. I don't want. I don't want to go into that just yet. It's 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 complicated politically. Um, the main point is you're back on Facebook though. Facebook yeah. is it complicated any politically? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I I don't I, I don't check it. I don't, yeah. Well, that's the problem. So now I've actually fallen behind following up on this one wheel project because i don't have notifications on facebook turned on yeah. and so it's just kind of out of sight out of mind it's just mm -hmm. like my object permanence is just like it's not there it doesn't exist that's fair enough. that was why i stopped using facebook i turned off notifications yeah. and it stopped and, existing and before i knew it enough time had gone by my phone auto uninstalled facebook Nice. Oh, that's a cool feature apple's yeah. like you don't need to be using this like anymore. oh you haven't touched this you. in 90 days uh we're gonna offload that storage for other things that's like good isn't it crazy that facebook is just i mean i still tons and tons of people use it but i would say it's kind of fallen out of kind of mainstream use oh in a lot absolutely of ways. isn't that crazy i mean it's like well, we're I, all like whoa it's like it, like myspace and now like it's just it's happened and know? i think it's the really interesting thing about all these like um you know proceedings about the power of these social media platforms is like hey guys just wait five years it's gonna be there's gonna be a whole new company yeah <laughs> yeah you know well, i guess the weird thing is that Instagram is also Facebook. Like it's, or I guess it's all meta now. Yeah. But, but, but you ha like Instagram, like who knows? Maybe in five years, the kids will be using TikTok beam or whatever the next <laughs> I mean, beam beam. Wow. You heard it here first. <laughs> Download beam at the iOS store. <laughs> that might, I think that's a real one. After, like let me know that. what, uh, what time traveling device you used for that too. <laughs> yeah. I Beam's mean, it's dead. It went out of business years ago. It's so weird. Cause it is like, like, is TikTok the most popular social media platform now? Like, I I don't know about the most. Like, how do you measure most popular? Most number of users, new users engagement, per month. Most I guess. total users. Yeah, engagement. Like, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. TikTok has blown up. Obviously, um, I actually kind of like TikTok quite a bit. Mm, it's very I, addicting. It's it's extremely addicting, and mm. and I have found that the content on TikTok actually is pretty wholesome. Typically, like mm -hmm. I don't know, TikTok has this reputation. Is it based for being... on your like algorithm though? So that just means you're a nice wholesome person. Oh. But like, I mean, sure. But I keep seeing so many different posts of like, it's just some random person talking about a story or talking about a thing, and and they're just doing all of the video editing inside of TikTok, That's and, and cool. they're uh, it, it it has lowered the uh, the barrier to entry. More democratic. For, 
yeah, yeah. It's it's so easy to create content now and just put it out there that we're seeing a huge number of people just starting to do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, it started with YouTube being you can now upload your own thing, but like you still had to do everything yourself yeah. offline and then like yeah. deliver a file. That's all it was was a video it's file like, sharing. Yeah. Site. I, it's like what is gonna be the next YouTube? Will there ever be another YouTube? Yeah, is that's it one TikTok? that doesn't like YouTube's feels like it's still like ever present. Like, yeah. I think it has to be like TikTok is a different medium yeah. entirely. And like nothing can ever replace YouTube's place in the market as yeah. like well, uh, long form. Maybe I mean, that's video. the thing though, is like you just said nothing. <laughs> and so like I'm sure people said that about MySpace. I'm sure people said that about But Facebook. I think like it, like Facebook did something different than MySpace and yeah. it just kind of consumed I guess that realm of people's attention. And like TikTok still like takes attention away from YouTube for young people. Yeah. Um I don't I trust just, TikTok. I don't either. I it's yeah. there there are positive sides of it. There's great content on there like any platform, but there's something very nefarious about the uh interface. It is as close to a slot machine as I've ever <laughs> seen true. Yep. Any app. It's like there's no there's no like sub feed really. There it's, is. But they, they they drop you right in on like like it's like if you open YouTube, well, there's the recommended. There's not like a chronological sub feed. But yeah, it's, like it's just sub feed. But they'll throw stuff that was like two months ago. They're like, oh, you haven't seen this yet. We think you'll like it because it's it's entirely algorithmic. I yeah. just I wonder. I mean, this is a, a total floating theory that I have with no evidence to back it up. But I feel like everyone that I know has had one video that popped off. That got them to like really want to keep making stuff, mm-hmm. and yeah. I almost feel oh, like I they know, give I know you one. Yep. You know what I mean? I feel I like they give you one. Ooh. They're like, "There you go. Oh, yeah, a little taste of it." I think there's now keep going. There's yeah. a degree of that, yeah. but at the same time, your video has to be good. Your video still has to like land on other people's pages, and they have to pay attention enough to get, go through it, and that tells TikTok like, "Oh, people are interested in this." Well, it's good or it has to be attention grabbing that's i mean okay you that, know you're right then. which is those are not mutually exclusive. slightly different things and i think it's again like it's hijacking our like you know when you're scrolling through reddit or something there's just this thing of like oh i'm getting new information constantly but it's like yeah. you're reading right but tiktok it's like just shooting it straight into your brain every yeah. 12 seconds or whatever the, uh-huh. you know, yeah. and next thing you know, three hours have gone by and you haven't moved an inch. And like, I it's am scary. wasting my life. Yeah. That's it's why such a I scary can't thing. download TikTok. I already feel like I do that with Reddit, but I can justify it by being like, well, I'm, I'm sort reading. of learning some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, like I've had to go to a point where I was like, okay, I have to like only subscribe to subreddits that I actually will be like, yeah, learning from, or it's like, you know, reading the newspaper. So yeah. for me, it's I'm like my Reddit is like hockey and vfx yeah <laughs> like that, it's like so lame but it's yeah. like i can't be like looking at memes or like r slash funny because then i'll just be doing that for four yeah. hours yeah not gonna lie for a moment there i thought you just mispronounced hawkeye <laughs> hawkeye oh my gosh he's a huge hawkeye fan well because you worked on hawkeye yeah and so for for a moment just for a split second i was like oh you follow hawkeye and vfx on that's a weird way to pronounce hawkeye he's my favorite superhero he actually <laughs> he actually has jeremy renner's app dude it's <laughs> that's still wild that that exists that's yeah, what's gonna man. take over tiktok yeah, the jeremy dude. renner app yeah everybody's gonna be on jeremy renner's app dude i, I did not know he had that yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like a whole thing he seems like he seems like a really cool guy like he i heard him like on um, yeah. dax shepherd's podcast and he seems really cool but 
seems like his marketing people were like, hey man, you need an app for all like the middle aged moms who like yeah, really all the are fans of hockey. Man, I, there was definitely a, a period of time there several years ago where I would get a lot of emails from people being like, hey, we want to build you an app. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. What like, are they going to do with it? Uh, it, 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 I don't know. <laughs> it, was like, it was like a place where you can put your videos up and have like forums and, and, and like engage with your community and like people could download the app. Clint did it. Oh. He had one. He doesn't use it anymore. Like, I, I never ended up doing anything. Like, I never even pursued it. I don't think I ever even responded to one of those emails, but mm. it's like, I would get them. And I know other people would get them, too. And I've got an idea. That went away. Why don't we scan you, right? And then you can take a tour of Ren. And you can just oh. look around. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If that Are was there on tears? the Jeremy Renner app, I'm telling you. Are there tears. payment tiers? <laughs> I don't even know. An article of clothing for each tier. The only if, Ren's app. I'm telling you, if that was oh on the Jeremy God. Renner app, if you could take a tour of Jeremy Renner, that would be one of the hottest features on that oh app. <laughs> Man, that's nuts. Yeah, it's a hard so, no from you. Copy I also that. brought this thing in here today. Oh this is the Insta360 <laughs> 1RS. And this is their brand new flagship model because it has their one inch sensor on it. Dual one inch sensors. And it's really nice. Uh, the one. So to be clear, uh, <laughs> this is like the new part here. It's the just the lens, essentially. Their whole 1R, the 1RS, it's a modular system. And the 1RS that was launched earlier this year is waterproof. But this specific mod is not waterproof. How did you, well, why uh, would that matter, yeah. Ren? That would, would that matter, matter if you want to go swimming with it in the ocean, say, this morning, and... Uh, and you, you tell we get our shot, and then you tell Dean, oh, I'm just going to run in the water with my 360 camera, to just get a shot real quick. Mm-hmm. And we, so we have all this footage of Ren running around in the water with his <laughs> with his 360 camera on this pole, like just diving in, just baptizing hit it by waves, just dunking it in the water. <laughs> and then today he's like, "Oh wait, it's not like all the files are corrupted. Oh, oh wait, it's not waterproof." No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the camera's straight up dead. It's straight up dead. Wow. Like uh, I see water inside this little like screen thing here. <laughs> Rip. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Day because one. like it's water resistant and it has all of this waterproofing stuff on it. It was obviously my mistake. Uh, did you I just d- take your Nintendo I, Switch like, out I in the water like and you're just like, Yee. I do think in the, like, come on, man, it's an action camera. It should be waterproof. Like, I, I, but I it is. You I said one of the you, models are. Yeah. But well, that's not the thing. this one. It's like, look at how that's almost you- worse, though. It's like you can't just be like the earlier <laughs> models waterproof and then a later release isn't like, yeah, know, like that's yeah. like if GoPro, the new GoPro, they're like. It's not waterproof. Guess what? <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, so I texted the guy who uh, like runs the marketing for Insta360, a uh, friend of mine. I like him a lot. Uh, and, you know, he's our contact with the company. And, I, yeah, I uh, I told him that I, I killed it. And he's uh, by getting it submerged in water. And yeah. he's like, I didn't know it wasn't waterproof. And he says, yeah, uh, it says that in the fine print that no one reads. Uh, yeah, yes, that's where it would be. Um, and so, but like, to like, I was like, I thought this was waterproof, so I looked it up because it was literally announced today. This is the first time this has been announced, and and so like, I can now publicly research this. The information's out there, and yeah, it technically at, at the bottom of the page it says it's IP something. It's it's water resistant, but do not submerge it and don't do any sort of intense water activities like surfing. And that's essentially what I was doing. There's literally have a shot of you body surfing <laughs> <laughs> on day one of the yeah. release. That's so, so great. Yeah, I'm bummed because this is actually like a super sick camera. I, I shot a bunch over the weekend, one wheeling up on the mountains with it and 
the it's hard to describe how big this mm. the glass is on this. It's a it's a Leica lens. I was about to say Zeiss. Definitely not Zeiss. Leica. Um, it's like bigger than my eye socket. Yeah, it's kind of freaky to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and this, this does uh, brackets. No? This guy I follow on Instagram just posted his like I guess now that you're allowed to post them and it was super cool. He did like a mountain biking video in Nelson, BC. I think his Instagram name is like John Simo, but it's so crazy. He had like the bike rider like holding it on like a pole on uh-huh. his handlebars. So you're like getting this crazy oh, like biking nice. footage. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So cool. Dude. Like, yeah. What What is the, the difference between this and the last model? Um, it's the same as the last model. So the only thing that's actually new is, not waterproof. is the glass. <laughs> okay. This sensor here is the new thing. So it's a much bigger sensor. Mm. So it's much better in low light, mm. less noisy footage when it's Interesting. dark. Um, uh, and, you know, just like anytime you get bigger glass, you're going to get better optics or sorry, the, the the image quality will be better. Typically, the bigger your glass is. OK. And so that's that's kind of the idea around this mod. Now, the rest of this stuff, uh, this module was announced at the beginning of the year. This is the one RS and it's just like the brain. And then you can attach little battery modules to it. And that's what this little thing is here behind it. And it's all it's in this specific case that attaches to the lens. So. This oh, lens cool. only works with this casing configuration. Yeah, it's super modular. Looks yeah, like it. and I and I love the modularity of it. They have versions that have like little regular action cam lenses, like a GoPro lens. Uh, they have a big GoPro lens. They have regular 360 lenses. And uh, we did a video a couple years ago where they have a split lens mm. that you can attach to it with like a little ribbon cable. And I attached those to a drone on the top and bottom, which basically makes it so that the drone was invisible. Oh, cool. So it was like a God yeah, mode camera cool. type deal. So I can so fly cool. the drone around and get any shot I want because there's nothing in the way. It's just a floating eye. Yeah. And, that, yeah, and cool. I, I thought that was a super compelling idea and ma- made a whole video where I like literally 3 printed and designed my own like mounting stuff for it. And I scratched multiple lenses because I kept hitting the ground. <laughs> yeah. Lens is like the most exposed thing and it has to be the most outer thing for anything inside of it to be invisible. So yeah, I, yeah, Dang. that was a weird thing. And they just also announced a new version of their own official God mode type camera thing. They called it the something. Oh, I love that. Wow, it's like a creative name. name. The Sphere, that's <laughs> yeah. what it is. It's the Insta360 Sphere. And it works with the DJI Mavic Air 2. My the reason I strayed away from <laughs> the reason I strayed away from Insta360 was because I wasn't having any luck getting separate bracketed photographs in my HDRIs. Yeah. Which, you know, everything would be compressed into a single JPEG. That yeah. was like, it was, you know, the range was in there, but it was 8-bit. So it's like, I'm not getting the full this depth is, of the beauty. This has been a point of contention between me and Insta360 too, because like they promised me that this ability would be a thing several years ago. And I talked about it in a video and it still hasn't quite become a feature. Technically, it is there. You have to like do some specific things. You have to like save it out, save out the DNG raw files in the brackets, and it'll actually save out the multiple different images and hmm. in, in a raw setting. So you can just open up your folder, drag and drop those into Photoshop, and create your .hdr file out of it. Huh. Okay. And it just feels like something that should just be a like. Well, that's the thing. Their yeah. their market is like the action camera market, the right, mass market. Right. Uh, yeah. They're not really tailoring their stuff towards VFX artists, but I have a feeling if they did, they would suddenly have a whole market of people being like, oh yeah, I need this for my renders. Yeah. yeah. But right now it's not quite at that easy enough to use stage yet. Right. And yeah, so it's like... That's why I went with the Theta Z. It's what I have. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can basically set up your exposure settings for every single bracket and then it'll... Bloop, bloop, 
boop, boop, take them like inside of one minute. So when I was on set, I just pop it. I just clear set for just a literally a minute and get my my full range and then be able to make the HDRIs however I wanted. So to be clear, this does that. Yeah, it does. Uh, but like, you have access to like because I guess it, I can make, maybe I think I can make version, nine brackets. And I'll save nine different images at nine different exposures. Yeah. Uh, going from super dark to super bright. Mm-hmm. And all you do is you press one button and it'll start taking those photos. And it'll do it pretty quickly, like yeah. in, in, a, in a couple seconds. I'm wondering if the model I had was the one before that was a function. It still gave me a, like a, a nice range in the HDRI. It took multiple exposures, but it yeah. put them all together. Mm. And I never found a way to... Maybe maybe it just wasn't intuitive. Oh, so you were so just taking like an HDR. So you're saying you would actually HDR. kick out a full like 32 bit uh, EXR file or something? Or well, what I would, file was it? I would from Theta Z. Yeah. Uh, no, I just get uh, traditional images. Oh, I can't I, remember what what the file extension was for those, but I would then run them into Photoshop. Okay, that's okay. The .HDR, but with this, I never found a way to get the bracketed photographs, and that might have been the version that I had. But I'd always only get a JPEG hmm. <laughs> that was the full range put together with like yeah. the lows and the highs kind of pushed towards each other yeah. so i had that's the, the problem range. with the term hdr it's it's become one of those ubiquitous terms that applies to a lot of different things so it's hard because hdr just means high dynamic range yeah. and so if you have an image with hdr it just means you're able to see the details in the shadows and the details in the highlights so, so it's true you know a greater dynamic range yeah. and there's ways to sort of like take multiple exposures and merge that into one image that you can share online and yeah. whatnot um but the 8-bit banding was just, woof. yeah. I mean, yeah, if it's rough. an 8-bit or, or if it's a JPEG at all, you're not going to be able to use that for yeah. VFX. I mean, you'll be able to use it as like a reflection type thing. But when we talk in HDRI, it's HDR image. And that's the idea of like an actual high bit depth. Mm-hmm. Like you can turn down the exposure on a picture like yeah. you do the exposure on a camera. Yeah. You know, you can, you can, if you're, if you point your, your camera at a light bulb, it's just going to be a big white spot. But if you specifically start cranking the shutter speed to the point that like it starts getting darker and darker, you can actually see the outline of like the curly cues of a light bulb. Mm-hmm. It's very see, fun. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Imagine doing that on an image that has already been taken. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the whole idea of an HDRI. It has all of the light information baked in. And uh, that is very, very nice when it comes to 3D rendering, because now you can just plop that in a scene. And now you're getting all kinds of light directionality, light intensity, light color. All just baked into a single image and like just it works really well, really works quickly. Really well. I saw Peter uh one time did where he projected the HDRI onto geometry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he like rebuilt the environment. Yeah, that like was projection sweet. mapping HDRI. It was very cool. Yeah, and so then you actually have your 3D geometry with uh emissive textures and also just and but that texture has the correct light intensity baked in. So anything that's not supposed to be bright isn't going to be emitting that much light. And you can take that further if you're doing like I know Ian Hubert's method to like take a photo scan in a certain spot and then take an HDRI in that same spot and basically invert that and light the the photo scan with that and it, it removes all the shadows. I really got to ask him about yeah, that. I'm not exactly so sure how it works. I really got to understand it's it like completely flat in, in principle. You know, like I, right. I think I get it. Like you're multiplying the inverse, so it's lifting the dark values mm-hmm. and yeah. keeping. It's not multiplying against the light value, so you're getting a lift just in the dark. But I'd love to pick his brain on that. Yeah, if no. I ever get to meet him, <laughs> and every, never I swear, office. every time I talk with Michael, he's I'm I'm telling him like we got to get this like bracketed exposure thing working. He's like, it, it's there, it should work. And I'm like, okay, show me, and he'll show me. I'm like, well, goddamn, yep, there it is. <laughs> wow. I can do it. He's not wrong. Yeah, uh, it's just hidden just enough that I can never remember how to return it on or do it again. 
and it is you still have to take the SD card out of the camera, plug it in, go to the folder and take the stuff out. And so I was like, that's enough, though, if you can make it easier to do in. But what would be nicer is if you can automatically turn that into a a, a dot EXR or a dot yeah. HDR file yeah. be with it already merged together. And all I have to do is just take that one file and I can drag and drop because then what I really want to do is I want to make an HDRI sequence going down a road. And then you can have like, say, a chrome dragon or something just static with the HDRI playing around it, but it'll look like it's flying down a road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's too impractical to do right now because you have to take a whole bunch of images and you have to process it all out for one frame and now do that 30 times a second. That or you just deal with the 8-bit video. Yeah. You know? I mean, that would be... Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You could do I've that. I've done that but too. Yeah. I've, I've done that where you just take a 360 video, you put it in, in your, your HDRI environment, you don't get the lighting information, but you get the reflections. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, caustics for real versus a gobo. Oh, Actually, no. <laughs> caustics it, for well, real versus a go gobo's uh, fake caustic gobos work way better than that. <laughs> yeah. But just in terms of like the whole idea of VFX is like, you know, what's what's good enough? Like, it's yeah. like, you know, if you can't tell, does it matter kind of a thing? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's all a lie anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all a lie. It's and like, that's kind of the... the final point we make in this caustics video is that like i go through all of this effort in this journey to try to get real caustics real all of this stuff and at the end i'm like wow it looks just the same as the gobo <laughs> yeah. what's the point and and then kind of conclude with the thought that like all visual effects are faking it to such a high degree that like you know you can't compare anything to reality yeah as long as you can get away with a lie yeah and as like, long I'm as it looks real and works like usually something we're at a point now where like the small little like little things that make stuff a little bit more realistic matters to make it look better. But at the end of the day, like we were talking about um, Aces CG, mm, right? Mm -hmm. Aces CG versus Aces CC. Yeah. You know, it's and the, it's like it. the discrepancy is going to be so minimal to CC, where it was like a number. It was like a 40 Aces number and like 2000... an X or a C in there or something. But yeah, like. Uh, I, and, and, and again, I can't even speak to the specifics of why I said this, but apparently Aces CG doesn't handle color as correctly as normal Aces. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know too much about that. And either. So I was like, OK, then we probably shouldn't go that route. We should probably use the more correct version. And then I was like, it all looks good. Yeah. Like once you're in the Aces <laughs> it all looks workspace good, anyway, anyway, it's so beautiful. Yeah. and it's like how how much can you get away with in that department and yeah it it's such a thing because like with you know vfx there's such an idea of like oh it has to be perfect but often something that will be perfect and like the correct way won't actually look as good and won't be like what the human eye is used to seeing especially mm -hmm. on screen because you're used to like you know there's like real versus cinematic and often someone viewing that is going to be like well i like the cinematic one better and yeah. it's like you know, it it kind of boils down to it's like, does it look good? Yeah, and that's all that matters. Well, that's the <laughs> like, that's the art in it, right? Yeah, it's exactly. Like I've, I've seen does some look, sunsets. Yeah. I've seen some sunsets that look so fake. <laughs> I'm like, if I did that as my work, I wouldn't be done yet. Well, I'd be like, this is this doesn't make any exactly, sense. How is right? this possible? Another great example is muzzle flashes. Like real mm -hmm. muzzle flashes, sometimes you can't even see them. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes they're just not there. Your camera does like, or just tiny little thing, and like, but if you saw that on screen, you'd be like, oh, it's kind of lame. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, I think probably the biggest example of that is uh, outer space. Yeah. Photos taken in space, they never look real. They always look so harsh and contrasty and like yeah. not 
good. You're like, this yeah, doesn't look real. And so, but then every source. movie or TV show, space looks awesome. Yeah. And it's very unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. Way but fun. it feels real. And that's the point. Yeah. It's like, as long as like whoever's watching it believes what they're watching yeah. is real, that's the only thing that matters. So like, this is something Nico and I have talked about on, on VFX Stars React or at some point in the past. I don't know, man. <laughs> making videos for so long now. Uh, Hollywood reality. Sorry. There's, there's like, realistic and hollywood realistic and yeah. that's that's similar to the same sort of thing that you were talking about there is that like you know explosions are never how they are depicted in in movies yeah. and yet we kind of believe that that's how explosions work because that's what we've seen in movies and so when we actually see how explosions work for real we don't buy it yeah it's underwhelming well dean you were talking about the uh level of blood in a human body yeah well that <laughs> was day. that was remember seth rogan was talking about um in it was the opening of preacher he was talking about but the same thing if anybody's watching the boys is like the amount of blood that are in people is insane and it's also directly correlated with like how hard somebody's getting killed is like if you're getting killed super hard <laughs> you got blood. way more blood suddenly <laughs> i shot him super hard yeah <laughs> right like, like you get yeah. punched by like a by like homelander you explode into a bunch of pieces but if yeah. someone stabs you it's like Ugh. yeah no. like yeah. there's a chemical thing that's going on that generates more blood yeah. from the impact than it <laughs> oh, just yeah no I'm, I'm remembering what he said now because it was like on preacher on that opening scene this dude explodes and sprays the entire crowd uh in this chapel with blood and they kept having to bring in more and more blood and at a point they're like this is more blood than the human body has and his response was like who cares we need more blood it's not it's not impactful enough we need more blood in the shot it doesn't matter the technicalities of all this stuff and yeah yeah i think th there's something interesting there of like as the tools get more democratic for vfx and it's like easier and easier to make things look physically based realistic it just brings more and more into focus how important the artistic interpretive element is. Because like you're saying, with the conclusion of this video is kind of like, you will never replicate reality. It's literally mm -hmm. impossible because a computer can't make an infinite, like reality is just, it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, like the, that's like the artistic side of it, the hand crafted side of it is almost becoming more, more relevant to people like like a lot of movies that are taking a more like incorporating more practical effects i think people respond to that not because it's like it looks better in some vague kind of way but because it has the touch of like a human being rather than a computer you know the dean this might be super relevant to you but the star wars sequel trilogy are there specific shots from the movies that stand out to you in those? Like, that's just what popped in my head. As beautiful or as, like, janky? As beautiful. As, like, just, like, for me, I'm thinking, I think it's in uh, Force Awakens. They do, like, the Apocalypse Now TIE Fighter shot. You know, where it's, like, them. Oh, the with sunset. the sun, yeah. And it doesn't make any sense, because it's, like, afternoon sun in that shot. Yeah. But it looks so sick. So who cares? That's a Todd Vaziri yeah. shot right there. Right? It's so... Or he comped it, at least. So sick. And then yeah. there's, like, the... um uh last jedi the freaking hyperspace like one and oh yeah it and that's totally interpretive that's like a shot from an anime film and yeah everyone loves it yeah everybody like gets a shot of the movie i mean and like we say all... what you will about the new uh star wars sequels i thought they were beautiful at yeah. the very least yeah totally but th that's the thing it's like those shots they don't really make sense but they look amazing yeah so who it's the meaning it's cares? like what does it mean <laughs> to the story and like yeah. you know not to bring up 
friggin' RRR again, this amazing <laughs> Indian film that we're all raving about. But that movie has every moment essentially is just completely interpretive. It's mm-hmm. like so distant from reality. But like there's a shot where they're like, light that man up, you know, and they, they pan over the lights like as if they're going to pan them on him, like from your perspective. And then suddenly he's being backlit with like, these sweet volume rays behind him. It's just like total hero pose. And you're like, awesome. Yeah, I love no, it. but it's the, yeah. So the, the image is more important from an artistic perspective always than it is from like a, well, did it, you know, is it real? Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's like using the tools to make it as real as possible. Or rather, it, it just assists whoever's creating the thing to be what they want it to be. Yeah. You know, especially if yeah. what they're trying to make is supposed to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, everything in Avatar 2, they're essentially doing it all as physically accurate as possible. Yeah. It's working. It looks so good. <laughs> yeah. It looks so good. And so like a big question of mine, in fact, this is actually still a bit of a question mark in this video we're doing. Uh, probably not by the time you guys are seeing this because it's out, <laughs> hopefully. Um is whether or not they are physically simulating those caustics hmm. in Avatar 2. Because you can see caustics a few different moments in the trailer. And there's one in particular that blew my mind from the Avatar 2 trailer where uh, I, I don't know who it is. They're holding on to a whale as the camera's like kind of flipping upside down. And he's like soaring along underneath the surface of the water. But you see all of the caustics on the whale and on him. Mm. But you're also seeing the surface of the water in the same shot. And so that is something that you can fake. It, by by basically having like a gobo fake caustics being projected in and and the the actual sort of water surface itself isn't emitting those caustics but i wouldn't put it past weta to actually simulate that for real and just like oh yeah we just have a unified system we don't ever have to like tweak anything to make it work we never have to hack anything together which is what we're always doing as effects Mm -hmm. artists it's like oh this is almost there you know what i'm gonna like Make it work here, make it work there, cobble it together. Now it looks amazing. Yeah. All the stitches on the back of it are hidden from the camera. Exactly. exactly. Monstrosity. So I think their their entire goal and purpose is to like try to make a unified system that requires less of that so that they can have more tur- or quicker turnaround times on iterations and stuff like that. And I, well, I you know, just presuming rendering is not a problem for them. But how, at the same time, caustics. How long easy. how long has it been since Avatar one? Like uh, 2009, 13 years. 13 years. years? Yeah, it takes 11 years to render caustic. (laughs) Maybe they started the caustic renders when that came out. (laughs) Wake up, coincidence? I think not. (laughs) But yeah, so like we uh, we have a contact at Weta, and we we asked uh, we asked them two questions: what their rendering engine is, which you actually already know. You said it was Manu Manuka. Manuka. I'm allowed to say that. I have no idea how well that renders caustics, but. Secondly, I was just like, did they fake the caustics or did they simulate them for real? And we have not heard back yet. And so very likely in this video, it'll just have to be speculation. To this day, like that, if I could just turn invisible, one of the first things I'd do is just go eavesdrop on all like the big post houses just to see their internal structures and what they have access to and the tools they have built. Like, I bet there's so much amazing stuff that just on our end, we just can't even fathom much possible so yeah caustics wise the fact that we have you know an octane that new kernel it just must mean that in in those places those top secret environments they must have just fantastic solutions to these problems well perhaps but i don't think caustics is the thing anyone else has actually solved i'm pretty sure otoy is the only company that has solved Mm. like uh spectrally correct caustics james cameron what say you 
<laughs> did he just personally invented the yeah. way to do it? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't what they they just like they're just using his name. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the idea of having a like farm of com- computers. Like we're here. Like we have a bunch of thirty nineties in the studio. Like we can get out renders much faster than I could at home on my like janky computer. But like there, some of the stuff we kick out, you could kick out in like seconds yeah. at one of these yeah. places. Just yeah. like shoot it out to all the to the farm. You we know? could do that here. Oh, yeah, we That's could. And and we could get that all set up. Uh, yeah. But it'd be it's like, like it'd be 10 computers versus like hundreds, you yeah. know? Well, yeah, because they have an on full on like server racks where it's like yeah. a computer is literally just like a little wafer in a in a tray. <laughs> yeah, we literally used baking racks at one of our studios. Really? Yeah, like Dang. you know the classic like slide of like you know baking sheet in. We wow. used one of those at one point. Whoa. So I think honestly, the future of rendering, uh, not to like put too much emphasis on cryptocurrency or anything, but Otoy has this <laughs> thing called Render Token and. If you know how crypto works and how it's like a distributed network of a of a bunch of different computers and GPUs all just kind of like working on a problem, Otoy was like, well, instead of just like trying to figure out whether or not someone actually made a purchase, what if they're rendering an engine? Sorry, rendering. What if that computer is just rendering an image? Hmm. And so when you actually submit something to the render network, uh, you you pay for it using the render tokens. It's like it's it's still a kind of a crypto thing. But your image then gets uploaded, encrypted, and distributed to a million different GPUs, wow. and and then you Whoa. you get your image back. You just download it. There's no like sort of render farm it goes to. It's all just distributed. Wow. Interesting. And and it's very fast. They're saying it's it's actually significantly faster than going to like a render farm. And Clint uh, did a, a a render recently that he said would have taken him a hundred hours to render, uh, but he was able to get it back in like minutes that's and we're using this method yeah yeah it was either minutes or maybe hours or in a day i forget but it was yeah. like enough that uh over the weekend i was like man i gotta finally get into this i've been i've been knowing about this this thing for literally three years now have you ever done an online render farm i never have anything? no it is the most exciting thing in the world <laughs> you package up your scene you send it off and you're literally watching in real time as it's getting completed and if you're like me i only go to it when i really need it so that means i've tested without it and it's incomparable. But the one that I used, I can't even remember what it was now. It's been a couple of years. That keeps a ticker of how much it costs too. So ah. as a freelancer, I was it was out of pocket for me, out of like the sum that I was charging. And just watching the money leave my wallet was the <laughs> counterside to this speed that was mm-hmm. just blazing. Yep. yep. It's and a very cool experience though. That's definitely always gonna be the sort of like flip side of that. And I don't really know what the the cost comparisons are off the top of my head right now. But I mean, you know, it's like, can you imagine being like, you know what? I want to do a render in a few weeks. That's going to be pretty nuts. So I'm just going to let my render, my computer, you know, just render for someone else for the next couple of weeks, make enough sort of render tokens that you can then spend on your next render. I didn't even register. Yeah. You can give yours up to generate tokens. Because everyone like who puts their computer up on the network oh. is earning that sort of like, that same thing that you do if you're if you're mining freaking like Ethereum or Bitcoin Dude, all or those crypto people who sold their GPUs after the crypto crash are like trying to buy them back up now. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of like communism, though. You know yeah. what I mean? We're all just helping each there other. Our no. renders. <laughs> it's not your render. It's ours. It's our render. <laughs> yeah, that's render. cool. Though. That's a really great idea. I, I might I might start doing that. That's I've, awesome. I've literally been wanting to get into it for a long time. And I've just, oh, so it's already it's, out it's, there. Oh, yeah. No, it's been around for a little while, but it's it's still kind of convoluted. Not only do you have to be good at understanding how to package up your render uh, 
within all of the stuff that you would need for Otoy and, you know, like an Orbix file and all of like the stuff. And that's already a, a learning curve on its own. You also kind of have to understand how crypto works and how you, you have to get like the wallets and like all of mm-hmm. the and get it uploaded. And it's a bit of a thing. Uh, I think Clint might actually make a tutorial for it because cool. he had to like bang his head against the wall a lot and needed a lot of help to get just his one thing going. And now he knows it. And him and I were supposed to kind of like chat about this today, but I just I did not have time. Um, and he was, he was texting me and he was like, yeah, I think I might just go ahead and make a tutorial. I was like, please do. That'd be super fun. I know it's super niche Clint, but that would be very awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, so before we wrap this up, I want to point out this little toy here in case you notice it in my hand. It's a, it's essentially two little rolling pins. Uh, it's two cylinders of metal with, uh, what do you call it? Ball bearings at the end, like little rolling bearings. So it's like a little bit of a fidget toy. It's kind of like a fidget spinner. Uh, and it just rolls around in your hand. You can kind of just like do this with it. Uh, it's a nice little stress reliever and just kind of have something to do with my hands. I've never really been into fidget toys or anything, yeah. but Mark, uh, the podcast I was on with Mark a few weeks back, he had a little pink one and he was he was playing around with it. I thought it was like a vape or something yeah. like that at first. <laughs> I was like, what are you playing with this? So, whatever. Um, and that's Mark applier yeah mark applier yeah our intern <laughs> last name applier yeah mark that's plier mark applier <laughs> and what's it called what is this so thing this called? is called an ono o-n-o it's like 35 bucks on amazon this is the stainless steel version that's like 60 bucks Ooh, uh but it's a lot heavier it has like that heft it's i mean like oh it's hefty yeah it's oh hefty. my god it's very satisfying it's a true heifer and Look at that. i find myself just like playing with it absent-mindedly oh, it's, it's really nice I love it. Yeah, he, that's actually really nice. I think it was like literally after that podcast, it's like, hey, check this out. And I was like, I'm getting one right now. And I literally like I opened my phone and bought one right then and there. That's awesome. I honestly might do the same thing now that I've used yours. This is heavier than uh, Mark, last name applier. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like three times heavier. <laughs> wow, dude, I like, like it, Let dude. me hit that. The, okay, hit that. the hit only that problem soon. is that like, uh, <laughs> here, okay, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll pretend I'll mime it. Uh, I was hanging out with Jan the other night uh, and we were sitting at a table getting dinner and I had it in my hand and I was just, but under the table and between my legs. So I was just like, hmm. <laughs> and I realized what I was doing. I was like, okay, now I have to make a point to always have it off to my side when I'm playing with it or something. That would be the worst if you're doing that. And then you make eye contact with someone realize, and then instinctively say, I'm not doing what you think I'm doing. And then you just look very guilty. That was yeah. exactly what happened. Oh, oh unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just non-verbally. I was like, and I'm going to put it on the table. And I saw him like look down on it and we can like none. Neither of us like acknowledged it. <laughs> Dude, now we got to do a podcast. Where we're all holding it. Just. staring at each other while we do it all of us are going to have the same callus on our palm from just doing it all day long because it's like this is like i feel the ultimate spiritual successor to the fidget spinner Mm -hmm. Mm. because fidget spinners kind of did it for me you know it was like you'd spin it you're like yeah but it still required active input you had to like actually spin it or like some weird little thing with your hand there yeah this is like you could just all day yeah it's just like you just sit in your hand and as opposed to like say a stress ball Mm -hmm. it's not really for stress it's for it's 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 somewhere between stress and fidgeting it's very cool. Oh no. Yeah. I've oh, never really been a fidgeter. I've never really fidgeted much. I don't like tap my shoe or play with um, my but, fidget cube. But your brain fidgets. My mm-hmm. all of our brain it, fidgets yeah. and we yeah. need to give it something to focus on. Yeah. yeah. So this is proven to be pretty helpful. Dope. Do we want to shout out the fans if they have any ideas uh, similar to the Spice Cast? Just oh yeah. Throw them out there, was that, was the that a fan idea? The Spice uh, Cast? It was actually Jonah and I came up with that one because we 
hate yourself hate ourselves yeah and, uh, <laughs> uh, but the spice cast was very fun to be a part of and yeah. very painful especially the next day dude um, i mean I did, <laughs> freaking we did the hot ones challenge for christian's birthday party like a few years you? back and yeah. that was uh it's like cool never again yep. unless yeah. it's actually on the hot ones show that's the only other time i'll, I'll do it dude, yeah. yeah ice bucket podcast yeah. everybody's in an ice bath you see how long you oh can my go. gosh yeah. i don't even think i could get in no, ice bath elk meat dmt <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah i've been doing that i'm gonna get back to it i got a lot yeah. of renders to kick out tonight i'm probably gonna be here late uh hopefully no all-nighters this week like yeah but sweet i'm really excited to see the caustic video yeah i'm fun. excited to learn something me too or rather, I'm excited to watch it. <laughs> when you commit to the response too quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Thanks right. for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening, for those of you not watching. And we will listen to you in the next one. Listen to you. That's an idea. We'll Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, you three, too. two, one. Ah!